to another live stream Friday edition of Cafe Day. Renee, James here, joined once again by Joe and the star of the show, Mr. Renee Dupree. Bonjour, gentlemen. Bonjour, 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 bonjour. tout le monde. It is a very special day, folks. It's our first day of Patreon membership live watch alongs. I am so excited, I can't contain myself. We can tell, too. Can you tell? You look very excited. Yeah. So if uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody who has joined the Patreon already. If you've not already joined, as soon as we're done this stream, we're going directly to watch SmackDown Live. Myself, Paul London, Jonah, James, are you going to be with us or are you going to bed? Fucking hell. <laughs> you should make the first one. The first one, oh, James. Come on. You have I'll, to. I'll try to make this. I'll try and make the first one then. Uh, I haven't got work tomorrow. But I do want to give a special shout-out to all the patrons who have signed up. So uh, get ready, folks. It's a long list. Uh, thank you to our first patron, uh, Jake Hunt. Thank you for starting the... Uh, you got the ball rolling. Uh, Jake Hunt, Long, Joe Scott, Matthew Scheffel, Johnny Stovepipe, great name, Tom, Rex Gardner, Mario Macedo, Lenny, Mark B416, Tyler, uh, sorry, Taylor, Tupal, Mr. Isha, Charlie James Burke, Eagles, Jason Redbrand, CM Zoe, Richard Haig, Chloe Francesca, Elliot Brimble, Reese, Freak Edge of Sanity, Weirzy, Phil Calf, James Carias, Carasius, my mistake, uh, James, let's go, James. Great name, James. Cody Duffy, Fernando Melendez, Patrick Bennett, Kaylee, Dave Cantana, uh, Cantona, great name. Rick, you know Eric Cantona. Rene, you aware of Eric Cantona, the football player? No, I haven't, but we have a guest waiting, so. Rick Norman, Stephen McKenzie, Team in 92, Daniel Berg, Flash Morano, Mark Warburton, Thomas Burns, and Brett Griffin. Thank you very much for subscribing. That's right. And Jonah, you have the link below. Can you post the link? Yes. Yes. Uh, here is where you can go to sign up if you haven't already. It's been posted in the chat right there. And I think, can we? No, we can't pin it here. But it's right there. I'll keep it periodically throughout the stream. And uh, yeah, definitely sign up. It's some good All content. Right. we got a lot All of fun right. stuff on the way. All right. Well, tonight we have a very special guest. I met him a few, uh, shit, last year during a NOAA tour. He's a former NXT talent, and uh, I think he's on his way back to NOAA in May. He's the one, the only, Kurt Stallion Rogers. What's up, guys? What's going on, What's buddy? going on? Hi. Chilling, man. Just... Very fortunate to be here. Looking forward to it. Chatting with all you guys. Shooting the shit. Yeah. So you look uh, you look like an 80s rocker, dude. <laughs> I've been getting that a lot lately. Oh, yeah. Actually. I went That's and sick hair. Just, yeah. I got tired of the fucking hair in my eyes all the time in matches or breathing it in, fucking having to pull it out of my throat. So I was like, what can I do to keep it long? But, you know, and so. There you go. I'm digging it's it. It's a good dude. look, yeah. I'm digging it. Thanks, guys. So uh, for people who aren't, you know, familiar with your work, uh, give us the whole the whole nine, dude. How'd you start in the business, and uh, give us the journey 
right up until now? Man, uh, realistically, when I first, first started, I, I was in a seven-year relationship with this chick. And I'll never forget telling her, like, I really, like, I can't stop thinking about wrestling. Like, I got to do this. Like, there's just, there's got to be something. And she goes, you won't stop talking about this. Here's the deal. It's me or wrestling. And I went with the one that didn't make me pick. And literally the next day, my buddy calls me and is like, I found a school. You've got to come home because it was back in Odessa, Texas. And I was living in Marshall, Texas, going to a technical community school or whatever. So I just quit that, went home, started training and, about a year into it, I I remember getting on Facebook and I saw a sponsored, like, promoted ad for Ring of Honor, like, doing a camp for five days. And I was like, wow, like, that's crazy. So I went back. It was in St. Louis. I went back to Odessa because it was a 30-mile drive to training every day because I was from a small, small town called Crane, 30 miles south of Odessa. West Texas, just oil-filled bullshit. Anyways... I went to training and I showed everybody, I was like, check out this fucking sponsored ad for this Ring of Honor camp. Like, it's five days. It's only 300 bucks. It's in St. Louis. Like, who's coming with me? And everybody was just like, I don't think you should do that. We're not ready for that. And I was like, it says all experience welcome. Like, come on. Nobody wanted to do it. So I went up to St. Louis. I did this ROH camp for five days. And I learned more in that five days than I had in the entire year plus that I'd been doing there in Texas. And I immediately was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. So I packed my bags. <laughs> I moved up to St. Louis. And it was January 2015 when I did that. And literally within the first month, I was doing Ring of Honor dark matches. And then from there, it's just branched out. For that first couple of years, I was just, I was the guy that would get in my car. And it didn't matter how far it was or how much it was going to cost my own ass. I was getting to bookings that I said I was going to get to. And I was showing up to places that I wanted to work for just to set the ring up, tear down, network, essentially. And from there, it branched out about two years of doing that shit constantly. Uh, literally, I would drive like 19 hours one way, wrestle, and then turn around and drive 19 hours back. And I would do it like every weekend. Like I, I remember going West Texas to Chicago to Charlotte back to West Texas by myself just because I said I was going to make these bookings. I mean, nobody was fucking flying my ass at the time. So I was trying to build my name and doing so. I learned a lot because I was wrestling so many different people constantly every weekend and it helped me like, so next thing I knew ring of honors, like, Hey, we want you in the top prospect tournament in 2017. I made it to the semifinals of that. And then about six months later, I remember I was working at fucking Hooters, which was pretty cool on its own accord. But from there, <laughs> uh, literally I get a call or it was a message on Facebook from Gabe Sapolsky. And mind you, the only time I'd met Gabe Sapolsky prior was at an Evolve camp I did at WrestleMania week 2016. And I remember I was fucking jacked and tan and I fucking felt so good about myself. And he's like, you're a six out of 10 at best kid at the end of the fucking camp. And I was just like, well, how am I going to take this? Am I going to be a fucking pussy and just pout or am I just going to keep working and try to get better? And sure enough, couple years later Gabe comes to me and he's like look man people in my locker room won't stop asking about you they keep talking about you people in the fed are talking about you like what what, what can we do and he fucking carnied me <laughs> he goes look man because I was living in West Texas he's like if you can get yourself to New York I'll put you on these Evolve shows enough challenge accepted I fucking got my ass to fucking New York wrestled and he literally after that weekend 
I'll never forget him being like, look, man, you fucking killed it. We, we got to bring you. We got to have you back. Like, please come back. And I was just like, all right, cool. And he goes, so Sal didn't get a good look at you. So he wants you to fucking get yourself back up here again to New York. And I was just like, I told Dave straight up. I was like, you carny motherfucker. I'll do it. Let's fucking go. I went back up there. Next thing I know, they offered me a contract for Evolve. And Evolve was working with NXT heavily at the time, just shifting talents back and forth, mainly NXT to Evolve just to help us, you know, evolve. So I get that uh, contract and I'm there for about a year. And then the fucking pandemic hits. And I remember I was scheduled for WrestleMania access to go wrestle that weekend for the actual WWE crowd and like have them get a look at me. And I was so fucking stoked. And then everything gets shut down and I was crushed. And then next thing I know, like June 1st, Gabe calls me. He's like, look, man, I'm not promising you anything. I I can't tell you if it's going to happen or not, but, uh, you, you're going to have a really important phone call here soon. And uh, I just want you to be ready. And I was just like, all right, dude, fucking I get it. And sure enough, Canyon Seaman calls me and he's just like, fucking let's do this, dude. And I was like, let's fucking do it. And from there, went to the Fed, dude. And it was it, honestly like a lot of people, uh, I'm not going to name names or dog anybody in particular, but a lot of people get scared when they get there and they just like, like freeze up almost personality wise like we're eff- everything about them they're just like oh shit like and i just i stuck to my guns while i was i just was me the whole fucking time like what's up triple h dude fucking just being a jackass the whole fucking time Shawn michaels loved me it was awesome i fucking immediately got pushed when i was there and it was so sick my downfall was i kept getting hurt in training by dudes that i was trying to teach how to fucking wrestle constantly and Sure enough, right. fucking Triple H decided decided he wanted to hire Samoa Joe back with Vince's money right after Vince fucking fired him. And Vince took everything away from him. <laughs> Literally fired like 140-something of us in the same day. It was brutal. But 140 yeah. gone? Wow. Yeah. It was fucking Jesus it was the mass cleaning where they made NXT 2.0 because Vince took over from Triple H because he was fucking pissy at him. Or so I was told. But... Dude, I thought it was bad, like, after WrestleMania when there was, like, eight, nine, or ten of us. You guys had 140. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Fucking mass exodus. Everybody just fucking. Right. But, right. yeah, you can't. I remember when I got fired, it literally was just, like, I was having lunch with my great-grandma and my grandma, and I got the Canyon Seaman phone call, and I was just, like, oh, shit. Like, I was, like, I'm going to go outside real quick. I went outside, and I was just, like, well, I remember fucking answering the phone. I was just like, what's up, dude? And he was just like, look, man, I'm really sorry. Like, you're not the only person I got to do this to today. And literally, like, we got off the phone and I, I just stood there for a second. And I was two weeks away from getting medically cleared because I had my wrist. All right. The rotator cuff in my wrist was exploded because I took a drop kick too quick and I snap bumped and the dude floated down and pressed my palm into my wrist and blew it up in training it was nuts uh and then i still wrestled the next week on nxt because i lied about it being fucking broke <laughs> which was hey, dude dude just be careful oh yeah no look what am be i careful what at? you say oh yeah no absolutely <laughs> <laughs> bro you're getting me just like everybody else is fucking getting me this is this is me man like Right. Um, anyways, 
I remember hanging up that phone call with Canyon and I was just like, wow, like just blown away. Like I, I, I wasn't sad. I wasn't happy. Obviously I was just flabbergasted. Like I just didn't know what to think. So I call Eddie Kingston and I was just like, Hey dude, like I got fired. And he was like, like his, I'll, I'll, Oh my God. He almost made me cry just by his reaction. It blew my mind. And then Riddle calls me and he was just like, Hey bro, I'm at your apartment. Cause I'm in Texas and he's at my apartment in Florida. He's like, I'm at your apartment looking for a package. And I was just like, I didn't even know what to say. I was just like, uh, I just got fired, dude. And he, no. <laughs> and then like, he sounds like he's going to start crying. So I can just like, I gotta let you go. I just hang up and I'm just standing there like in shock. And then literally five, ten minutes later, I get a message from Ikeman Jiro. <laughs> dude, he just goes, would you like to go to Japan? And I was just like, bro. I had no time to be sad. Like, I never got to be sad because that came immediately after. And I was just like, I wanted to do that before I wanted to go to the Fed. You know what I mean? So, like, the fact that it was just falling into my lap there because – such a good hearted human was graceful enough to do that for me. Like it just blew my mind. And then sure enough, here we are today. I'm going on tours. I know just having time in my life. Some of the best matches ever. Like I just loving it, man. Like it's true and that's everything like, summed up in a ball. It's true. Or they say it's like one door closed, but three or four will open. Right. Dude. 100%. Yeah. It's just up to you to walk up to them and walk through them, you know? Yeah. So this is, your second or third time over for Noah? This is my second time, but they, so they messaged me. I'd been waiting because literally my last day there, last time Nosal was like soon, soon. And I was just like sick. <laughs> and then the president Takeda was just like, can't wait to get you back, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, when's it going to happen? And they would just say soon. Visa process takes a while. Well, I got my visa March 15th for a year. They got it for me for a whole year. And so they messaged me. I guess a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. <clears throat> and they were just like, hey, sorry, such short notice. Can you come to Japan on May 1st? And I was just like, yeah, absolutely. And they're like, can you stay for a year? And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? You want to stay for a year? No, that's, that's how it broke down into the translation. When I got my ticket, it's from May until December, which is still seven months. But like initially they told me a year. So my brain was like, what the, f like, whoa, which is cool. You know what? I wouldn't bitch about it. But like, I was just literally. Dude, I lived, there. I, lived there for, I lived there for four years. Dude, it's, it's my favorite place in the world. Honestly. Are you single? Mm, no. <laughs> well, maybe, uh, Maybe you should reconsider your uh, status of relationship. Bro. You know what they say? Listen to this, right? So I saw this thing on Facebook, so it's got to be true. That any man that uh, works in Asia for two years or longer will end up marrying an Asian woman. <laughs> I can that's understand why. No, that's what happened to me because I was over there for two years with a company called Hustle. And then sure as shit, met my wife, moved over there. I've been married for 15 years, you know, so. Does she live in Canada with you? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Dude. She's That's actually really going cool. back. She's going back uh, next week. She hasn't been home in a while, so. But, yeah, man, 
Um, well, that's great. No, but I think the reason why they waited so long because now they're they're stopping the, uh, um, you know how you gotta get yourself tested or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah, there that that's that ends like uh, May eighth. Oh, is it May eighth? Yeah, I looked oh, it up to because I still have to go get my fucking nasal swab done from CVS. So I was uh, like, fuck. If it would have been a week later, like, huh? Right. That's such a hassle. Oh, did you have to do the? Because the last time I was there, dude, I had to, I had to wait like eight hours in the airport. Did you have to do that too? No, they. Uh, I I don't remember exactly what it was, but one of the laws changed the day I arrived to where the, that my SOS app that you use right. went up there, and because I went with Anthony Green, and he has all the stuff he needs to just go right through, and literally like his color was different than mine on the little card. So when we went up there. They both just let us through, and we're they were like, "What are you here for?" Like, "Oh, for and they were just like, "Oh, fucking come on in!" And we're just like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, we got some super chats, man. Let's get to them before they. Uh, we do. Up. This is a great first one, Kurt, for your debut here in the cafe. Hey, Kurt. This is from Rex. Thank you, Rex. Did Michael Hayes try to watch you shower? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the type of guy that would just make a joke about it really quick and try to make them more uncomfortable than they were trying to make me. Mm. Oh, did you get the? Did you get to meet uh, their, their PSAs? No, I did not. Consider yourself lucky. Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Fix stream. Thank you. Great execute mullet. Two of Five Lie was known for featuring wrestlers with very innovative move sets. What do you think of the back rake as a finishing move? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Are they asking yeah. me that? Yeah, yeah. Man, what do you think of the back rake yeah. as a finish? Depends on what we're finishing, brother. <laughs> that was it. That was a sex joke, but whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, you'll have plenty of time. Get yourself a good sponsor. You can go find those places over there. <laughs> if I was over there with you, I'd help you out with that. Cause brother. <laughs> I got all the hookups, brother. <laughs> Do you agree Renee's with that? Renee's trying to yeah. Sorry, that's Renee's trying to corrupt the Paul. Renee's trying to corrupt the Paul guy. No. Oh, brother, I, I was corrupted that. long ago. No. <laughs> Yeah, this guy's been around, man. Look at the fucking hairstyle. He knows what's up. That's right, man. Luscious locks of love. <laughs> I agree with that innovative moveset part of a 205 Live. Did you did you feel that way? Me? Were yeah, you part of 205 Live? Yeah, I did. NXT, like that, yeah. So when I was when I, I had my first match, it was on 205 Live, because I'm definitely under 205. And <laughs> Uh, literally, that's like as soon as I started, it was me and Anthony were the only two of our class that got signed that were just put on immediately, and we were just we just from go, we're just boom, 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 and I, I became the fucking cruiserweight number one contender on a match two oh five that I got to wrestle Santos Escobar on NXT where I totally job myself out. It was tight. <laughs> well, you're from Texas, yes, sir. I lived in Houston for a year and a half. That's the complete other side of Texas, but it's still Texas. <laughs> right? It's still Texas, right? 
Yeah, I was closer to El Paso. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just desert, dude. Just nothing but dirt and mesquite bushes and cactus. Wow. And oil fields. Wow. And Mexico. All right. Paul will be coming on soon. Paul will be coming on soon. You can talk about Texas together. (laughs) Why is anchovy pizza so delicious? Fixed dream. I am not an anchovy guy myself. My stepdad used to eat them just to piss me off because he knew I'd throw a fit about him eating them because they stunk. It's good protein, though, apparently. <laughs> well. Oh, uh, I'd like to thank everybody that's joining up on the Patreon. There's about three of you that joined up so far. Keep it coming because we're uh, – so, um, Kurt – we're starting a new little business venture. It's a uh, watch along. So we're going to watch along like SmackDown, AEW, Raw. Yeah. That's it's, tight. Uh, yeah. It's, You're just going to live stream it? We live stream it on Patreon, yeah. Oh, sick. You've been doing this for 25 years like me, and you're one bump away from being a paraplegic. You find <laughs> a new, yeah, you find a new venture. How long have you been doing it, bud? Uh, it'll be 10 years in July. Uh, uh, quit! I know, quit right? no. I'm working on it. No. <laughs> no. That's the thing, dude. Like, it's the most addicting business. My father, because he was a wrestler too, he warned me. He goes, listen, I'm going to break you in. I'm going to get you in this business, but I'm warning you. It comes to an end. And I didn't understand what he said to, uh, before a few years ago, right? It's like... Luckily, there's shit like this because this right here saves my ass. So if I didn't have this, dude, I'd probably be like <laughs> just losing it. Alcoholic. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so, my so I saved you from being an alcoholic. But I'm the alcoholic now. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So I saved you from the drink, but because this podcast is ten minutes with alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, please invest. Yeah, I've got to ask you, Kat. What's up? Fun, fun stories. You said you worked on the Hooters. Give us some fun stories. Bro. There we go. I'm not trying yes. to get you guys canceled. No. <laughs> how much How much ass did you get? Uh, Dude, I, I used to have short hair, and like all the girls would tell me I looked like Ryan Gosling, and that was just my automatic in. I would just quote some notebook shit at them, and literally just <laughs> it was ridiculous. And they weren't, I mean, no offense to Hooters girls, but you're not working there because you're going to be a lawyer, you know what I mean? Or maybe you are. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, most of my stories from there are literally just, and it was cool because I had a key to the wrestling ring, so like I would just like, hey, you want to go see a fucking wrestling ring? And they're just, yeah, Thing. But that, is cool. that was 2010, 2012 time frame, and brother, I've had to grow up a lot since then. <laughs> yeah, I see the Ryan Gosling fucking, uh, yeah, dude. It definitely helped me out a lot. I used to have a big old beard and just the short, like, hair. and But, yeah, wrestling uh, came calling, and this looks really good when you're getting punched in the face and cameras and the hair flaps back. Right. As you can see, <laughs> I cut mine. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I got tired of it. Um, I want to ask something. Fuck, I don't know. I'll come back. Concussions. Next question. Rex, thank you. Also, looking good, boys. Looking real good. Appreciate that, Rex. Thanks, Rex. That's tight. 
see where it's, uh... Charles D. Griffith, thank you. Kurt, who was your motivation to get into wrestling? Jeez. So, like, when I was a kid, I didn't start heavily focusing on wrestling until I was, like, 10 already. So, like, about 2000, 2001. And I remember really liking Eddie Guerrero because he was from El Paso, and I, I was just barely starting to put pieces together. So I started focusing on him first. And then Benoit and Hardcore Holly I liked a lot because they chopped like fucking assholes. And I just thought chops were like the most brutal thing because that's something that my uncle used to do to me. He would just fucking put one in my chest when I was a kid and it would fuck <laughs> me up because I was a kid and he's a grown-ass fucking man. Don't cancel my uncle. No. <laughs> it's called uh, Child Protective Services. Yeah. Dude, for real. It's a little too late, man. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, what really fucking sunk me into it, I was a big Randy Orton mark as a kid. Whenever he was doing – when he first got fucking put in Evolution, I just I – don't, I don't know what it was, man. I thought he was so fucking cool. Like – it was just the little fucking 12 year old brain of mine, I guess, man. Like I just was captivated by the evolution faction and just, I gravitated more towards them. And I remember it was Benoit versus Orton at SummerSlam 2004. And at that time, Benoit was my absolute favorite. And I, I told one of my buddies, I was like, whoever fucking wins this match, it's going to be my favorite for the rest of my fucking life. And sure enough, fucking Orton won it. And I was just like, the biggest fucking Orton mark from there on like as a kid growing up fucking my one thing though like if as a wrestler as a professional wrestler I won't do the moves of the people that I liked other than like chops like I, I I've never done an RKO I I don't do super kicks because I love Shawn Michaels too Fuck, like I just there's certain things I just don't do because I think I need to be more fucking original than just fucking copying and pasting. Don't do an RKO, do the Ace Crusher because that's the the actual name of the movie. Well, I'm. In my I got a piss. Absolutely, Ace Crusher. But I'm talking about when Randy does it, and when Randy does it, it's the fucking RKO. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Yeah. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, okay, it was amazing. Well. I, I think it does. I think it's a cool little thing. Yes. I haven't heard a, a like a wrestler on the rise or anything say that before. I feel like most of them go the opposite route, if not all of them. Like use it as an homage. That's cool to keep it original. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's just yeah. You, you can do it, but like do it different. You know what I mean? Like fucking yeah. put a twist to it, or fucking do a one eighty before you jump up, or fucking do a variation. Don't do the exact fucking thing. You know what I mean? That's just my opinion. I just think we need to start getting more fucking original than that because everybody's just doing the same fucking shit. For sure. I mean, the super kick is probably the one that you said that jogged my mind the most about just passing it around at this point. You know? Yeah, dude. Like, a couple examples I have. I remember playing Super Smash Brothers. I don't know if y'all are familiar with it, but yeah, Luigi did his side B. He jumps at you in a fucking missile headbutt, and that's where I came <laughs> up with my finish in 2015, was just fucking from Luigi in the game. And then that's everybody's really cool. doing fucking Spanish flies, and I was like, why doesn't anybody do it where they're both doing a moonsault? And they can both sell it and fucking like make it more. And so I started doing the reverse fucking Spanish fly, and it's just shit like that. Like, why not just tweak Innovative. it a little bit? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and there's a lot of kids coming up that are starting to do that where, you know, everybody's going to have the generic fucking like move set, but these kids are like starting to put twists on things and like do shit different than what has ever been done before. And I 
fucking love shit like that. No, definitely. Yep. It's, he it's, said, uh, sorry, no, you said uh, Triple H wasn't the biggest fan of you when you got there. Shawn Michaels was. What was Triple H like? Like, why didn't he like you? No, I, I didn't say he didn't like me. I never said that. <laughs> I think you I thought you said I thought you said he didn't get you didn't get along with him. I thought you said no, you didn't no, get along no. with him as much as you did Shawn Michaels. All right. No, I got along more with Shawn Michaels, but I never didn't get along with Triple H. Like a, a cool. Ah, oh, right. My yeah, mistake. Yeah, uh, no, it's all that's probably my bad because I'm a fucking idiot. But um, <laughs> one of my favorite stories from NXT in general was it. You have to get there at like noon and then just wait there all day at the PC for the shows to start just so that they fucking know you're there and you got to rehearse and all that. But regardless, I remember Triple H walked by me one time and he was just like, how's it going, kid? Just like smiling, like saying what's up. First time I saw him of the day. And I was just like, just happy to be here, man. And then I stopped myself and I literally turned around. I go, fuck that. I want you to know I'm here and I'm fucking stoked and I'm going to bust my goddamn ass for you. And he just goes, I really like that. And he kept walking after the show that night. He had a fucking, we had a meeting scheduled for like, just, Hey, fucking good job, everybody. Or you're fucking up. You're doing great. Like yada, yada. And he goes, somebody came up to me before the fucking show today. And he's telling everybody this. And they told me that they were just happy to be here, but they stopped themselves. And they let me know how excited they are and how they're going to bust their fucking ass for me. And that's exactly what I'm looking for. And blah, blah, blah. And he just put me over without like saying my name. And I went up to him afterwards and I damn near had tears in my eyes. I was just like, dude, you don't know how much that fucking meant to me just now, man. Like fucking, I can't even be. And he just shook my hand. He's just like, no, man, fucking good stuff. And like, I was just like, that's so cool. That's so cool. That's, tight. That's like a, a lesson probably too, right? To like anyone Dude. just getting in and like head to the, yeah. Like show your excitement, right? Absolutely. Like that, yeah. that's the thing. I, I was never like fucking marky about it. You know what I mean? I was never like going up to people like, hey, can I take a picture with you? Hey, this and that. I'm, they're my fucking peers at that point. I need to fucking mm -hmm. raise myself to where they're at rather than fucking continuously be that kid that got into it fucking starry eyed. But right. I mean, of course, I'm still starry-eyed while I'm there, but I'm a professional about it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I never changed my personality, which either hindered or helped me. Fucking couldn't tell you. <laughs> but uh, this was me the whole time. And I got along with most everybody. When Renee gets back, I'd like to tell a story of how huh, I got a 20K raise in my first week there. <laughs> I think you'd love that story. Wow. Look at him walking around back <laughs> <Wow>. there. <laughs> Wait, we got here. We'll throw this one at you while he's get used to it. Rex, uh, which in NFT were hard to deal with on a personal level, if any? On a personal level, I would just say any of the female coaches, just, and that's not a knock against them for being female coaches or anything. It's just I wasn't in their class, so I never got a chance to be personal with them other than the casual, hello, how are you? Like, I never got that experience with them. Right. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what they're asking, like, which, who who's a bitch there and blah, blah, blah. But, like, really, yeah. everybody was fucking cool. Like, literally. No, that's really, cool. yeah. That's cool environment. How is the training? Like once you actually get to NXT, like what's it like? Uh, so uh, my first training class was with Scotty Too Hottie. 
So I was in Scotty's class and then I did that for a few months. And then when we changed classes, I was in Sanjay Dutt and Brian Kendrick's class and they like co-taught and it was different for each of the coaches. Like literally there was no fucking game plan. There was no, like, this is the curriculum for what we're doing. Other than when we would go to gym with Sean Hayes, then he had a fucking, this is what we're doing today, yada, yada, which is great. But classes was just, what do that fucking, what do they want to teach for the day? And their main job was to report back to the big bosses and let them know who was worth the fucking, who wasn't essentially. Okay. Who was so, the big boss, by the way? Triple H. Oh. Yeah. Of NXT. And so, uh, and it was him and Matt Bloom and fucking Shawn Michaels and Regal were like the the head head honchos there. And then Terry Taylor and then fucking uh, Steve Carino. It just kind of went down like the rungs. But but you want to hear a cool story, Renee, about how I got a 20K raise in my first week at NXT? (laughs) Yeah, I do. So... Uh, I showed up to work. It was my first week there, and we're just, like, doing drills in the ring, and then we get selected to do matches. And I get paired with this dude twice my size, fresh off the football field. Just He'd been there for five years, but he'd never had a match. Like, he was still – anyways, we're putting a match together, and I'm like, this, this, this. I'll slip behind. I'll give you a German. And he, he looked me up and down and he goes, you give me a German. <laughs> and I literally like, I just, I don't know what happened. I just started seeing red and I got in space. I said, yeah, motherfucker, I'm going to give you a German. You're going to take it. And he was just like, looked down at me like fucking just started. <sighs> and I was just like, look, we can be professional about this or we can go in there and just beat the shit out of each other. It doesn't matter to me because I come from the Indies. That's what we did. And he was just like, he didn't know what to think, what to do. And he's like, every year I've been here is three of those years you've been on the Indies or five years, five of those years, whatever he said. And I was just like, well, maybe you would have had a couple matches by then, huh? Like we're literally just jousting each other, blah, blah, blah. Anyways. Anthony Green remembers it verbatim, like just the entire, and he's so good with memory, it's crazy. But anyways, we get in the ring, we have this match, and this dude literally breaks my ribs, giving me a hard buckle because I didn't have, I had so much momentum, I couldn't turn. And I remember collapsing and just being like, oh my God. And Drake Younger like threw up the X, and this is the training match, like in the PC, just, just the coaches and fucking the class. He throws up the X. I go, Drake, no, dude, chill. He goes, brother, you cussed. You said, fuck, I got to stop it. And then I was just like, oh. Anyways, uh, I, I tell everybody I'm fine. Like, I, I can go. And so, because I've fucking, I've done dumb shit. on the I've dove into guardrails, broke my ribs before, and had to work through that shit. So I'm just like, this is the WWE. I can't fucking bitch out here. So I get back in there and I start having this practice match again. This dude clotheslines me in the fucking face and knocks my contact out. Like literally. And I remember it was another one of those just seeing red moments for me. And I just fucking slapped the mat and I said, you stupid motherfucker. And I like ran at him and I start swinging and bloom just goes, that's enough. And I'll never forget just being like, I, I go, what the fuck, dude? And he goes, that's your one. And I was just like a child instantly, like just shut me down. Like I felt like a fucking two-year-old and I was just like, I'm fucking up. I'm literally 
I'm making a goddamn ass of myself. Like, I'm trying to fight this motherfucker. I'm fucking telling Bloom what the fuck. Like, this is not good. So everybody's just quiet and like, what the fuck is going on? And I, I can see on this black canvas my contact that's just laying there. Somehow I fucking, I'm, it's just there. And I was like, here's the deal. I'm going to go to the bathroom and put this dirty-ass contact back in my eye. And we're going to come out here and try this one more time if that's okay with you guys. And I don't let anybody respond. I just grab my contact. I go to the bathroom. I put it in my eye. And right when I open the door, Bloom's just there in my face. And it's just like, oh, fuck. It's just me and him. And he's like, look, man. I don't got to tell you this guy fucking sucks, okay? I don't got to tell you that you're fucking good. I'm not asking you to fucking come down here. I'm not asking you to bring him up here. Just please, can you meet me in the middle? I was just like, absolutely, sir. Fucking let's do this. Like, Thank you. I go back in there. We fucking, we finish out this just haymaker fucking hellish match that just destroyed my fucking body my first week at the PC. Whatever. I remember the finish was a spine buster and this dude's a giant and he spine busted me through the fucking roof. And then Bloom's <laughs> like, no more takeover bumps on Tuesdays and told everybody fucking that was a line that stuck with everybody. No more takeover bumps on Tuesdays. Anyways. Uh, Cause that was when NXT was on Wednesdays. Anyways. So I go home from training and I'm sitting on my couch and I'll never forget, dude, my phone starts ringing and I look down and it says WWE Canyon Seaman. And my heart's just in my fucking stomach, dude. I'm just like, I'm done for. Like, what have I done? Yeah. So I answer the phone and I'll never forget. I didn't say hello. I didn't say what's up. I just go, seeing your name pop up on my phone is the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. What's up? And he just goes, scary? <laughs> Today I'm Santa Claus. And I was just like, what? He goes, apparently you've garnished the respect of those you needed to garnish it from, and we want to keep you around a little longer. How's 20K on top of your annual salary, Sal? And I was just like, <laughs> are you fucking shitting me? And he just starts laughing. I was just like, dude, what do you think I'm going to say? Let's do it. And then he goes, all right, cool. Uh, we'll also, we want to buy the Kurt Stallion name from you so that we can use it for merchandising and whatnot. And it, that was my name on the Indies that I used for 10 years plus. And then uh, it was like nine years at the time plus. Anyways, and he's just like, yeah, so we'll give you a thousand bucks for it right now. And I go, what if I don't sell it to you? And then I get super over and then I want to sell it to you guys when it's worth a lot more money. And he goes, well, we'll just give you a name that you don't like, like Timmy Johnson or something. And we'll go from there. And I was like, damn, all right, take it. And so. That's how that happened. Wow. So now they own your name? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get it back. <laughs> yeah, apparently they think they own mine because when I toured France post-WWE, they sent a cease and desist to the promoter saying that they own the name Dupree. Fuck. I hope you all are listening. Go fuck yourselves. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we got some more questions here. We do. Let's see. Big stream. Salute, James. TGIF. Back Rake City. Love it. Just to let everybody know, sorry, but. Uh, Andrew Little, thank you. Yeah. As soon as we're done this, we're going to Patreon. That's right. Our Patreon, our first live stream of SmackDown. Myself, the, the Cafe Crew, and Paul London. 
So if you haven't joined up yet, here's your chance. Jonah, can you send the link again in the in the chat? Yes, here comes. You got to be a salesman. All right. <laughs> it should be down there, the link. I'll bring it up. I'll, yeah, there it I'll is. bring it up while you get next to the chat. There it is. You get, you get next to the chat. It's yeah. as low as $5 a month, everyone. Okay. Anthony Little, thank you. $10. That's huge. Jonah, can you get Sky Blue on? I did have her on my show when she was just a, a rising star like three years ago. And I can definitely reach out. But she's under contract officially with AEW. So I don't know. We'll so, try, though. You'd have to go through the office. Send an email. The office. Yeah, send an email. Exactly. Rex, thank you. Chris Benoit was an amazing talent. Great to watch if you want to break into the business. But don't emulate his obsession. He was too passionate. Good advice. <laughs> <laughs> That's our boy Rex. We love Rex over here. We do love Rex. Uh, Kurt. Your thoughts on Orton's group legacy? Ted DiBiase Jr. He just got oh, he's found himself in quite a pickle, huh? (laughs) Quite a pickle. (laughs) So get this: from what I read or what I understood, for each count of fraud, he's facing up to like twenty years or some shit. He's got like six of them. Yeah, like total, it's like over a hundred years that he's facing. Yeah. Uh, dude, I can't even imagine yeah. the shit that they want to fucking put years on people for as opposed to other things that should get that fucking time blows my mind but that's neither here nor there but well, the legacy the was a fun ju- huh I mean the law is the law and every state's different I imagine it's like wire fraud and <sighs> anyway good yeah. luck I seen a picture man He uh, he's put on a few pounds <laughs> You ain't missing any meals. Anyway. <laughs> He's about to get three square meals a day, dude. Right. <laughs> but yeah, Legacy was cool. Cody Rhodes back whenever he was just a skin and bones little turd burglar and Ted DiBiase Jr. I thought Ted DiBiase Jr. was going to be the one that kind of, but nope. Yeah. Uh, Cody went and win the business for himself and made it work out for the best. And here he is fucking main event in WrestleMania and shit. You weren't there. Oh no, no. Were you, hold on a second. Were you in, um, NXT when Dusty was alive? No. Fuck no. I wish. Oh, okay. All right. Next question. The dark Knight returns. Geez. Someone give this kid a sandwich. Me? Oh, I'm, I'm not hung- talking about I'm, any of us. No, me. I'm not hungry tonight. You <laughs> could be talking about any one of us. Peanut butter and banana sandwich sounds badass right now. Peanut hey, dude, since we're on the topic of Japan, let's go back on the topic. What uh, what did you enjoy there? What did you enjoy eating in, in Japan? Did you get Man. a chance to go out to any of the restaurants or anything? Did you yeah, guys get a sponsor? Yeah, I had a few sponsors. I remember Nakajima took me out one night with his sponsor, and it was just some little backwoods bar in the middle of Osaka, and some old lady opened her restaurant for just him to come in, him and Kotoge, and they brought me and Anthony and Jack Morris over there, and it was, like, it was amazing, man. Like, they just fed us everything. On my birthday, I was there last year for my birthday, which I'll be there again this year, and a sponsor took me out, 
and I had a beef uh, beef tongue cake. It was just a cake made of nothing but beef tongue thinly sliced. And honestly, like uh, being from the part of Texas I'm in, it's just like my hometown's ninety percent Mexican, and the rest is just like whites and blacks. See, and yeah, see. <laughs> so uh, I, I grew up eating crazy shit, honestly, and like beef tongue was always like really good to me. But when I moved to St. Louis, people were just like, "What the fuck? That sounds disgusting." Blah blah blah. But anyways, when I went to Japan and they were eating it how they eat it, just real thin slice and thrown on the fire and just. It was so fucking good, dude. So that was probably yes. my favorite thing I ate the whole time I was there. Like chicken stuff. livers, chicken hearts, fucking all that crazy shit. Like just on yakitori or yakiniku, yak, whichever yak, the stick Yeah, that shit. I got a video on here. That's what I'm eating. Cow tongue, cow heart. It's on here if you're uh sorry, dude. I gotta shout out to Brandon Lee. Thank you for the hundred US dollar uh Patreon. Uh Someone, I don't want to mention Thank who, you. didn't think anybody would do it. <laughs> Never <laughs> underestimate the power of the cafe. <laughs> yeah, I know. I fucking started the cafe, okay? <laughs> Next question. Next question, okay. <laughs> Sean. Thank you, Kurt. You look like Barry O. What hair products do you use? You do! currently rocking a mullet, too. You do! Okay, let's get the big super chat. Dude, go like this. There you go. <laughs> Honestly, I fucking just shampoo and like dry my hair normally. I don't even use a blow dryer. I just, I don't know, man. It's just shampoo, bro. <laughs> it's all downhill from here, Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to give positive vibes, but you know. Next question. Let's go. Rex! Uh, Rex, thank you. Who had the weirdest habits or behavior in the locker room when you were around them? Man. Anthony Green. <laughs> what is <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, I don't know. Everybody was smoking vape pins in there constantly, which blew my mind. Like, and then the oh, rest would just walk in there all pissed off. NXT? Huh? Yeah. Oh really? Are they still yeah. allowed to chew? Can guys chew tobacco, or is that excellent? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. A lot of dudes were in there chewing tobacco. I was one of them. Like we would just all sit there with fucking bottles and fucking as long was, as you picked up after yourself, and nobody was, there was really trashy was, in terms of leaving shit out. I was three cans of skull a day, guy. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I have a uh, addiction issues. <laughs> I only allow myself to do it on show days. I won't do it at the house. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> I used to do uh, making love. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking sweet, dude. <laughs> Next question. Renee, maybe the only one who would, who would, but does anyone know a wrestler named Curtis Candy who would have retired by now, but I was curious. I'm sorry, Jacob Schnorr. Sorry, dude. Don't know. Has Impact ever reached out to you, Kurt? Thank you. <laughs> so when I got released and got that Japan news, uh, 
I literally had a message from Impact asking me to come in, and I literally told them that I had no will or want to ever work there in the most polite way possible. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, that's. I, I still feel yeah, bad about it, it to this it day because polite. anytime I tell anybody that works there, they're just like, <laughs> I just think it's funny as fuck, but nobody else really does. But yeah, I just that was that was June twenty twenty one. I haven't heard from him since. So who who told me there's only like actually six people on your actual contract? Everybody else is like freelance. It's, it's Mike. Think James says you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So everybody else is just like a per shot deal. So I didn't know that. Yeah. I well, mean, I didn't want any shots. I mean, it's exposure, I guess. But. I would take the Japanese that take the Japan deal before going there. Yeah. Yeah. Get my exposure on there. And then parts. <laughs> Miss Tisha. Thank you. Oh, Tisha. Hi, Ray. I forgot to mention before that your, what is it, Nippon tattoo is absolutely awesome. Uh, Nippon, it's Japan. Uh, yeah, your son that you got on your chest. Yeah, you want to hear the story? Sick. So, yeah, it was my first all Japan tour, right? So I did three weeks over there, and then I had the greatest time ever, right? And I came home, I got drunk with my boys, and I said, "Let's go get a tattoo." And then we get to this shady fucking tattoo parlor. I'm like, "Yeah, man, right, Japan." So they looked it up in the internet. And I woke up the next morning and was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. But it's all good. Then I got the Canadian Maple Leaf because I'm a Canadian, eh? So next <laughs> to my heart. It's okay. Where's Paul London? I got to message him. Renee or Kurt, are there any moves you are picky about uh, who you like give them the move to you and why? Alabama Slam. Oh, you, as in you don't like it? Yeah. Yeah, me either. I had to take it from the fucking prick we invented it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one there, I, I showed that. There was this um, Dr. David Reese, and I and I showed him different clips, and I showed him the Alabama Slam. He goes, that's an automatic concussion no matter what. It's the whiplash yeah. effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, when I first started training, there was a kid that did it all the time. And brother, <laughs> I would start doing it to people just because I didn't like it being fucking done to me and shit. And then I realized once I got out of that small little bubble, I was like, I shouldn't do that move anymore because nobody fucking likes it. And I definitely don't fucking like it. That's why I started doing it because I didn't want to take it. I wanted to be like, no, I already I do that move. Right, 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 right. It's part of my repertoire. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I did just nowadays, like I literally... The last match I had recently in West Texas, the dude was just like, how about a Alabama slam? And I was just like, how about fucking no? Uh, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> um, how is the independent scene in, in Texas? Brother, Texas is like five fucking states, like all smashed together. Yeah, it's huge. So like the West Texas scene is absolute trash. Like just nobody fucking, it's just a bubble. And because nobody wants to travel. 
and you have to travel to get out of that area to go wrestle in other places. Central Texas is looking pretty good right now. North Texas is pretty like Dallas and Austin area are great. Houston's kind of eh, and then West Texas is ugh. And El Paso is like it's different. Like El Paso's technically Juarez because they just bring all the Juarez luchadors over and have shows right. there. But they're starting like they've got a bunch of kids that are like El Paso based and are learning and stuff. So that's cool. Like there's a future coming. Oh, it's San Antonio. Man, I personally I love San Antonio, the city. But in terms of wrestling, like I can't think of anything prominent there that would be worthwhile to even fucking put your body on the line for. There was some fucking hardcore group wanted me to go to Houston do death matches, and I'm like, <laughs> fucking loco or whatever it's called. Yes, Jesus, no good, huh? Yeah, well, I'm glad you didn't do it. Well, no, there's <laughs> this guy. Did you see the fucking guy that went viral, hard body, who put the syringe in his dick? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Holy. I'm fuck. sorry. He. He's one of us. He's a fucking Canadian. And uh, I know hard body. I travel with him and shit. But uh, he's like, yeah, man, they want you in Houston. And I was like, I don't do hardcore, bro. I did one death match once and never again. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Rex, thank you. Kurt, have you ever watched Marco Stun and the Suxing Dongs during wrestling match? Scale one to five, how you rate that as embarrassing to wrestle on. Oh, uh, and Marco Stunt had that indie match and he had to suck the dong. <laughs> what did Cornette call him? Dwarf dong sucker? <laughs> I know Marco really well, actually. Like, that's, I honestly have no idea what they're talking about, but that kind of shit is not my fucking cup of tea because I don't like big pieces of shit in my tea. But uh i literally like there there's wrestling for everybody if you want to call it that you know what i mean to each their own at the end of the day i'm not one to sit here and be like fuck that that shit's fucking killing the business because there's so much other shit i could bitch about too if that's the case there's something for fucking everybody but whoever wants to enjoy that shit enjoy it to each their own but fun fact about marco stun i wrestled him in a bull rope match one time and i literally was just like slinging him around like I was your size, Renee. Like, literally just fucking manhandling him. Like, I put him in a front face lock, and I was just, like, like shaking him, like, just violently and, like, snap suplexing him and, like, just... Because he was, like, 100 pounds, dude, and it was just, like, I was literally wrestling a fucking baby doll. It was insane. Like, and props to Marco Stunt, because he knows how to work that shit to his advantage, hence why he's got to the places he's gotten to. But it's so fucking fun wrestling him because of the things that you get to do in said match with him. And he just lets it happen because it's part of his fucking shtick. He knows where he's fucking like, he knows how to work that psychology, brother. Oh, yeah? It's fun. <laughs> uh, well, actually, uh, I haven't been watching much wrestling, but starting tonight at 9... Uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, myself, Paula, and the rest of the cafe are starting a Patreon, and we are live streaming watch-alongs. You can join up as low as $5, everyone. That's tight. And, uh, yeah, if you can send the link Charles. again. Charles. 
Charles D. Gr- oh, yeah, here, let me, I'll throw that in the chat now, the link. Um, favorite B match. Mine is Eddie versus Ray, WrestleMania 21. Love the podcast. Always highlight of my week. And there's the link in the chat for you guys. Yeah, favorite Eddie match, Kurt. I was a big fan of Eddie and Benoit from that ECW One Night Stand pay-per-view because they really, like, went back to their roots for it. And you could tell, like, they were working with each other without a bunch of shit called in the back because they know each other so well and trusted each other to go out there and do so. But you could also tell, like, when they were getting shoot fucking hot at each other. Like, Eddie fucking kind of throws a temper tantrum there at the beginning of that fucking match, like a shoot one. And then it's, like, later on in the books and shit and the fucking documentaries you read about, and like, he talks about getting fucking pissed off with Benoit in that fucking match. And I always just really connected to that one especially starting out whenever I actually started understanding wrestling after being taught it. Like I was just like, I've, I'm a big proponent of not calling a whole bunch of shit. Like if you want to stack the back end of the match, heavy, great. That's cool with me, but I don't want to know like when you're going to give me an arm ringer and when you want me to counter. And then whenever we're like, just fucking wrestle, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a time and a place to do shit like that. But uh, I was always more drawn into that kind of shit. Yeah, I was in there with a so-called vet. And he starts trying to call chain wrestling in the ring. Like, no, I'm going to chain wrestle. We don't have to talk. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This guy, was, this guy was, like, in consideration to become a, a fucking coach at the PC. And they brought in some of these guest coaches when I'm wondering, like, why the f- What? <laughs> anyway. Just saying. Brutal. Yeah, really brutal. It's just take over when people start doing that uh, shit and just do the complete opposite of what they're fucking telling you and freak them out a little bit. No, I just say shut up and uh, <laughs> yeah. Looks like we're all caught up. Uh, Are we caught up? Looks like it, yes. Well, I'm trying to find my boy Paul London here. <laughs> you spoke about uh, Triple H okay, what about Shawn Michaels any fun stories man I remember him coming up to me and just like it was before my uh, cruiserweight title match on NXT and he was just like kind of talking to me and I, I, I just got lost in the fact that he was talking to me for a minute because like it was our first like actual one on one and he's like He's encouraging me, but he's putting me over at the same time and like really just being way nicer than I ever fucking expected him to be to me. Like I was just I just assumed I was just some fucking podunk fuck to him. Just another fucking talent. But he wasn't talking to me or treating me that way at all. And I literally like I put my hand on his shoulders. I was like, you want to know something fucking stupid, dude? He just kind of was like, what? Like, just baffled that I just asked him that. I was like, I'm literally about to start crying right now because I just can't fathom the fact that this conversation's even happening. I just need you to give me a little bit because I'm going to go over here for a second and, like, clear my mind. <laughs> and I just turned around and walked away from him. And, I like, I just fucking stood there for a minute and then went back and fucking talked to him, like, 10 minutes later. And he was, like, even nicer after that. And I was just like, Fuck, this is amazing. Like, Who's that? The son-in-law? Or cross- oh, the cross-eyed kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know how his eye went cross, right? It's from all the bumping. 
Yeah, absolutely. Fucking you know who else is like that? Uh, I didn't. I didn't notice. Till I saw him a couple years ago at a show. It was fucking Mick Foley. His eyes are all fucked up too. I didn't notice that either. That's wild. Yeah. Well, you ever see that match? The Rock versus him, where he takes like seventeen chair shots. Dude, those fucking chair shots are so nasty. Yeah. Ooh. I had a dude on the Indies hit me in the head with a chair one time without telling me he was going to do so. So I just started punching him in the fucking face. Well, I hope so. I was like, what the fuck? I was so mad. Mm. <sighs> so, anyway, uh, now, no, can I imagine how much uh, Sean would love you now? You guys, 1992 look. <laughs> He'd probably want me to shut the fuck up because I just start <laughs> rambling, dude. <laughs> Well, we're 200 people. Oh, well, what do you say, James? Yeah. Are we all caught up on Super Chats, yeah? Yeah, we're all caught up, yeah. We're looking good here. I'll throw the link again for anyone who wants to. We're up to 200 in the chat. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah the uh, match on AW Dark, uh, how was that? Dude, huh. honestly... It, so it was me and Anthony Green making our debut on Dark, and we get there, and we're wrestling FTR. And we're just like, what the fuck? Why are we getting them automatically, like, just getting here? And then we find out from everybody, they're just like, they're, they're, they want to take a look at y'all. And we're like, that's cool. FTR gets there, I think it was 12 minutes before we were scheduled to go on. Like, latest fuck. Right. And they're literally yeah. changing, talking to us. They're like, all right, who wants to take heat? And I was like, that's easy. I'll do it. Fuck, just instantly, like, give it to me. They're like, all right, cool. Uh, blah, 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 hot tag. Uh, we'll, we'll just, we'll call it to you in there. We'll, we'll tell you what's going on in there. And we were just like, okay, good. Like, we're both, Anthony and I are both fucking excellent listeners when it comes to professional wrestling. We'll fucking get it done if you just tell us. And they're fucking telling us. We do it all. We have this fucking match. As soon as I walk through the back, Tony Khan's standing there, and he's just like, that was fucking awesome, man. Oh, can, can you wrestle again? And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, tonight? He was just like, yeah, yeah, please. And I was just like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So out of they, – they filmed 50 matches in eight hours. And I literally wow. told every fucking wow. indie I went to after that, they have no excuse anymore to fucking run five fucking hours for ten matches. It's horse shit. I've seen it done. 50 fucking matches in eight hours. So I matched 49. It's me and Joey Janela. And we fucking put on a goddamn barn burner, just literally beating the fucking shit out of each other. I come through the back and they're just like, fucking, you did amazing, blah, blah, blah. We got to have you back, this and that. And it was about a week later, I think. Maybe two weeks later after that, I got in trouble because a podcast of mine from like 2018 came out where I made a transphobic comment and I lost all my bookings for like a fucking year. And it sucked. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yeah, dude. Uh, Is that on the twatter? Do what? The twatter. Yeah, dude. Straight the fuck up. Uh, wow. In 2018... I was on a podcast and a dude asked me if I ever got like shit on the internet or heat or anything. And we can talk about this too. If you want Elgin was my fucking trainer coming up 
and Elgin was always in fucking trouble, bro. Uh, constant just scrutiny oh, because he makes a lot of fucking mistakes, dude. And he's not good at accountability nor fucking oh, accepting never wrong, responsibility. Right? Yeah. Never wrong, Regardless, right? that's another fucking topic. So I'm automatically just branded Elgin on my forehead by a certain community of people that just don't want anything to do with him. And I'm under him, so I fell into that fucking shadow. And I, I said to the dude when he asked me that question, I said, the only people that give me shit on the internet are purple-haired chicks that call themselves dudes. Oh! And I fucked up, dude. I literally <laughs> hardcore fucked up. Like, should have never fucking said that. I felt like a goddamn asshole after the fact. And it sucked my sister. Like, ugh, I'm not going to be one of those dudes. Like, I've got fucking so-and-so friends. My sister's gay as fuck. And she fucking grilled me, dude. Fucking like you, she's like anything that fucking comes to you, you just gotta accept that shit because you did it to yourself. And I was like, I did. I'm not fucking. Well, I literally have friends reach out. She's Do gay what? As fuck. She's not just gay. She's gay as fuck. Dude, she'll tell you. She's literally <laughs> like fucking GAF. Like that's what she literally well, like. In this I was just like, hell yeah, girl. It's, it's so like socially acceptable. It's like you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Well, I literally fucking did like, I wouldn't say outreaches, but like I've made trans friends since then and like had personal one on one conversations and wanted to know how my words fucking affected them so that I could actually fucking feel the impact of it rather than just a blanket. Fuck, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have fucking said that. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I fucking I. I owned it. You know what I mean? I, I did the opposite of fucking what I thought some like Elgin would do honestly and I fucking <laughs> actually accepted responsibility and fucking own that shit I didn't bitch at any of my fucking wrestling friends for not wanting anything to do with me publicly for a while I never fucking reached out to people and asked like I'm depressed I need fucking uh, comfort I just I ate that shit dude I fucking it was a goddamn bitter pill to swallow but I fucking did it and slowly but surely booking started coming back friends started fucking more openly like hey blah 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 but like i let them know like i dug that fucking hole it was never any of your responsibilities to try to reach in there and pull me down or pull me out because what would have happened is you would have fell in there with me and i didn't want that for anybody because it fucking sucked dude and coming from where i'm coming from like as a child as a teenager as a fucking scumbag little shithead i learned real quick all my friends' cousins are like cartel and crazy motherfuckers. And I learned you don't fucking snitch. You don't fucking do anything. If you fucked up, you eat, you own it, you eat it. And so, like, my whole fucking life, I've been fucking up, dude. But, like, I, I own it. I don't ever try to place blame on anybody. I don't try to fucking shove that shit off to the side. I fucking take the lashings. I take it and I fucking deal with it. I've been in wrestling jail. I'm almost done with wrestling probation, and I'm back to being a fucking free man, dude. Going to Japan for seven fucking months, wrestling my heart out. I got the Fed fucking talking to me. Like, shit's cool. And by the Fed, I just mean people that I know in there, like, fucking being really cool. Like, hey, good to see you, yada, yada. Like, everything's yeah. fucking... So is that the ultimate goal for you? Get back there, or...? Honestly, I just want to be able to provide... Make a living but doing like, it. The ultimate fucking goal, 100%, is WrestleMania. Like, I've always wanted to do that. That's why I started this shit, man. Like, I literally just have those fuck. I was, 
I was that little ADHD fucking bastard kid that just needed constant attention. And whenever I found wrestling and realized these people are getting their own music, lights, thousands of people in a stadium, millions watching at home, I fucking had to have it. And I've just been fucking at it. And I'm not going to stop until I fucking fall the fuck apart or until I've been disheartened plenty of fucking times, but it hasn't deterred me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm fucking dead set, man. Like, it's just a laser of light, and all I see is what's at the end of that, and everything's tunnel vision around it. How old are you now? Uh, I turned 33 in July. Oh, shit. You got five years before you hit your prime. Yeah, I know. Uh, Uh, Chicken fried steak, yay or nay? Dude, my grandma made me chicken fried steak the other fucking day. I went home to West Texas and saw her. God damn, it was delicious. I fucking love it. I know how to make it, too. All right. If I'm going down to Texas, you're cooking me chicken fried steak. Bro, fucking, I'll give you the best goddamn chicken fried steak you've ever had in your life. Okay, I think your fellow Texan, Paul Lennon, should be joining us. I got a bladder like an eight-year-old Looking man. good, boys. Thank you, Carl right Lesnar. All right. Uh, right your back. thoughts on Reigns Rhodes finish from Mania? I loved it. I'm so glad Roman Reigns fucking won, and I want him to go to <laughs> next year's WrestleMania and fucking win again. Oh. I, want him, I want him to wrestle oh. fucking The Rock at WrestleMania 40. I so want him do to go I. up, so and then I want I. the Raw after yes. Mania him to drop the fucking belt. Raw after Mania 41 or 40. You mean 40? Yeah, right. I agree with you. I I want him to hold. I mean, like if he won, I think it'd be cool if he did. But a lot of people are saying. United Champions coming up. That's when he hits a thousand, and then a lot of people are saying SummerSlam. But I don't know. Too soon. No, I, I want him to hold it till fucking Mania Forty. I want him to win. Too soon. Mania He's been 40. champion for a thousand days. Do what? He's been champion for a thousand days. What do you mean too soon? He's <laughs> been champion for over a thousand days, nearly. Thousand days. Well, let's make it a thousand three hundred and sixty-five, dude. No. <laughs> Who who who's better? Seth Rollins. Get the fuck out of here! Well, get the fuck out of here. You you you're in denial <laughs> if you if you disagree. <laughs> no, I honestly I I think I'll always see the Shield on par. Like each one of them is always doing something big. Each one of them is always possible of fucking being that top fucking dude. Like. 100 percent yeah i'm just busting your balls yeah. but like literally fucking i always will see those three like i i, I yeah i do in, i'm not the biggest fan of john moxley in AEW, but i did enjoy him as dean ambrose that sounds weird but that's just no, my personal preference absolutely 100 percent agree i think moxley is good for where he's at because the way i see aew and wwe like wwe is always going to be top dog regardless and so where Moxley's at in that company, it yeah. works for Moxley. It, Ambrose would definitely be in a higher fucking position. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I just missed the Shield. Dude, Shield was just fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy when you think about it. When they came into what they all did, like all three of them just revolutionized. They really That was like yeah. a, a huge moment, them coming in. They came in on that fucking Ryback and uh, CM Punk <laughs> Hell in a Cell, right? Yup. They put him through the table. Yes. Right? Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. That shit was tight. 
really cool. I remember the some. Uh, I think Darren Young, Fred Rosser said that he thinks that they learned from their mistakes handling the Nexus uh, to when eventually went on to handle the Shield. And I could see it like similar debut, a lot more people, but still up and comers trying to make a name. I really liked some Nexus too. <laughs> I love Nexus. Nexus, yeah, was I thought that was tight. Yeah. Let's Whenever Cena had to fucking join him and shit, <laughs> it was good. Uh, who was the laziest guy in the locker room? I'm trying to be realistic here. I think everybody worked fucking hard, and this is a cop out answer. It sounds like, but literally everybody fucking nobody would be there if they were fucking lazy. You know what I mean? Like, right. If you line them all up against the fucking wall, there'd be like ties for first, second, third, all the way to whatever the final would be, and it wouldn't even be that high of a number. Like everybody works fucking hard there. Yeah, he knows. I know. <laughs> I know. We're we talking about <laughs> who was the laziest guy in the locker room. Who was laziest? Where? I just assumed they were talking about the Fed, so I just literally everybody in NXT worked hard that was on the fucking show, or else they wouldn't have been on the fucking show. Oh yeah, when you want to get up to the main roster, sure, mm-hmm. yeah, you're working your ass off. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. It's like that in OBW too. But you guys, shit, you guys have way more people there, right? Yeah, there was a fuck ton of people, and like. If you were on, you were fucking on, and you'd be there Tuesday, and that's everybody you saw on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, whenever it was filmed when I was there, was, uh, like, those were the people that you aspired to fucking work as hard and be like yada yada if you were the underlings and the people that weren't being used. Right. So who else were the coaches and stuff there? So it was Terry Taylor, uh... I don't think Road Dog was a coach. Uh, Bloom was head coach, but he didn't like have a class. Sarah Amato, who was Sarah, Sarah Del Rey on the Indies. Um, Steve Carino, Brian Kendrick, and uh, Sanjay Dutt had a class together. And then Scotty Tuhati, who was my first coach when I was there. And then Regal. And oh, yeah, and Norman Smiley. He did the women's class. Oh. oh, that's good. Charles Griffin. Yes. Solo versus Roman at WrestleMania 40. Roman would go up. <laughs> He'd get another win, yeah. <laughs> well, other than I love that... the memes have been putting on. What? Oh, sorry, they've been posting memes. Uh, it's like Roman Reigns v. Thanos. And also when you start hearing Roman Reigns music, one, two, three. <laughs> he, just, he just rules the universe. Technically. All yeah. right. So is there anything you want to advertise and promote before we let you go? I mean, I don't give too much of a shit about social media. So if you want to find me, Google me and look from there. Uh, <laughs> other than that, man, like, uh, if you want to book me, KurtStallion at gmail.com. Other than that. I really enjoyed this fucking conversation, man. I had a blast with you guys. Hey, remember Great I told you last you. time in Japan, watch your swearing in the ring? Absolutely. You sure did. I need to watch it on podcast too, don't I? <laughs> well, this one's an exception, <laughs> but I mean, 
Practice makes perfect. So uh, May 1st, you're headed to Japan for seven months. Yep. I come back December 4th. December 4th. Well, it gets really hot. Hey, did you get that fan? Bro, I was literally going to say thank you for the fan, the melatonin, and the little fucking sweets that you gave me. Like, that was – you're the man, dude. Like, literally. I told you I'm a giving motherfucker. Anyway. You took care of me, dude. It's a hot motherfucker over there. All right, dude. Well, you uh, be safe over there, and uh, if it smells funny, don't eat it. Hell, Uh, yeah. That doesn't go just for the food, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Be careful, and uh, I wish you the, nothing but the best, and hopefully we can have you on when you get back from Japan, okay? I'd love it, man. Tell us all about it. All right, my friend. You be safe. Appreciate you guys. Take care, See buddy. You. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, well, that was fun. Cool. That was really fun. He's a cool guy, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Dude. I wish him all the best. What time is it? So – it's 7.22, so at 7.45, there'll be a post that goes live on the Patreon with access to the watch loan that will begin at 8. So that's what everyone should look out for if they want to watch along with us for SmackDown tonight. Yeah. 7.45 Eastern, so that's what, like 20 minutes about from now? In about 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah about that, yeah. Post, yeah. Uh, I haven't heard back from Paul London. But he will be joining us 100% for the watch-along. And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's the link if anybody wants to join up. The prices are as low as $5 for the month. There's different tiers, of course. But uh, for as as low as $5, you can join us and watch SmackDown and watch me yell at the TV. It's going to be great. Right, James? Got a, Oh, yeah. We've got a big show this coming Monday as well. Yeah, we got the a reunion huge... everyone's been asking for. La Resistance Reunion. It's the 20-year anniversary of La Resistance debuting on uh, Raw. So it's myself, Sylvain, and Rob Conway. Robert Conway. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um... Anything else? We got a lot of awesome guests coming. Uh, yeah, just finalizing. I was hoping to have one of the guests booked in for the following Monday, but they're booked up. They they said possibly to Tuesday. I said we'll see if we can actually do the following Monday. So that's one of the girls, and I'm trying to uh, book the other one for possibly next Friday. So I'm just waiting for confirmation but yeah if i get them booked in two great guests who i'm very much looking forward to speaking to yeah yeah it's rare that we get female well we had a few females we had don marie gail kim victoria medusa nice yeah we've had a few um jazzy jazzy what's the little canadian girl um, Canadian girl? I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, Taylor. Taylor Wilde. Taylor Wilde. Yeah. So we got. Uh, Taylor Wilde. Um, Tracy. Girl. Tracy. <laughs> Sorry. Tracy. Is her name Tracy yes. Nix? Tracy Nix. Yeah. She yes. actually might be joining us for one of the watch alongs uh, coming up. But oh, we cool. Got, 
We have female wrestlers so, from the Rufus Aggression Era. And what was it called? The Pete? Was it the Angelina Pete? Love as well? We had Angelina Love, yeah, but the, the other girl from Texas, that was the PG era. What era was she in? Um Texas girl. Wait, who? Who? Who, who, who? Who we've had on or who's coming on? Who's coming on? Um, I'll announce it when we've confirmed it. Oh, it's not, not confirmed yet. But wait, wait. No, it's, they're coming on. We're just sorting out the dates. But when the dates is announced, and then, yeah, we'll confirm it. You know yourself, PG, Renee. Right? Don't announce anything unless it's, unless it's booked in. Right. Exactly. All right. So one last plug. For the Patreon, watch along of SmackDown. If you want to join up to the Patreon, it's as low as $5, and we're starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Myself, Jonah, James, and Paul London will be watching SmackDown. You can join us all. And if you want to join the actual live stream, there's a special tier for that. Just look it up if you can put the... Uh, the information is right there. Just uh, click do that. You, do, do you think we should make another tier called Drinks with Dupree? Possibly. Well, Undertaker charged five grand or something to take a shot with him. So, five thousand dollars. <laughs> I know. I think it was like yeah. three thousand. We'll, we'll, yeah. oh. we'll charge ten. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. James. Just buy James a drink. Quit <laughs> drinking, James. Uh, no. Right, everyone. I found, I'm on a strict diet at the minute. Yeah. I'm on a pretty strict diet at the minute, so I can't drink. You've been on a strict diet since I met you like two six. years ago. It's the never ending diet. I'm six pounds down this week. Mm -hmm. Happy well, for you, James. I'm glad. Huh? I'm glad. This guy will pay $1,000 to take a shot with us. Okay, Paul. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Deep pockets. Okay. Well, I got to cook some food before the, uh, the uh, watch along begins. So for everyone who will be joining us then, I'll see you soon. And for everyone else, this Monday, La Resistance Reunion, live on the cafe. Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Until then, bonsoir tout le monde.